0: well, why this and why now? You know, yeah. and, and I think that those questions can can help us to understand and and gain a little bit of perspective on what that voice is inside of us. You know, um, what, what sort of the core of the thing is, what that light is, like you were saying, like that's where we can start to see what that light is. And then it kind of ends up coming through us and we refract it, it comes through whatever our medium, our expression is, and we do that to the best of our ability. I do want to say that, you know, those questions aren't a guarantee of anything. You know, I think they, they present a, a possibility, but like anything, especially when you ask any kind of a question, you know, we're so designed to just like have an answer. You know it's like well there's an answer to this and once the answer's there mm. that's it and it's that's like the well trap yeah the that's, that's that's the trap
1: this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook
0: and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art welcome 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 everybody to way of the artist podcast just one more welcome for the road (laughs) uh thanks for being here thanks for tuning in thanks for clicking on this uh this episode which um you know forgive if it seems a little bit (laughs) clickbaity but the futility of finding your voice And, uh, this is an interesting topic. I'm looking forward to to seeing where this one goes. Brandon, you brought this kind of notion into the equation, which is like, have we not talked about this before? Because finding your voice seems like something that's like, that's just so token artist stuff. It's just like, I need to find my voice. I'm trying to find my voice. How do I find my voice? And... It was like, yeah, there's probably a lot that we can get into here. And I think that the main thing that jumped out to me is kind of this this fallacy and, as the title says, this futility of this notion of finding your voice because as we you know kind of quickly just chatted through and, and broke down before we started recording is that maybe finding your voice doesn't have so much to do with finding it as it has to do with allowing it. So let's get this one kicked off my friend.
1: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Cause I don't really know what to say about it other than from my own experience that it took me personally a while. I feel like as an artist to find my voice, I feel like when I was younger, it, it almost came out more naturally, but in a weird way, I feel like the work I did on learning my craft and I guess learning about people and growing up, it kind of became more stifled. And I think that has to do a lot with trying to just, I don't know, like be safe, like be okay. And, and not, um, I mean, I think
0: like pack, like, you know, you kind of, Art and creativity becomes this thing that you kind of got to, you got to package it and you've got to sell it. And, you know, it's, um, and there's something, it, it, those are all things that are great to have an awareness of, but yeah, like they can, they can be things that ultimately end up uh, stifling creativity and originality and can suck the, <laughs> suck the joy out of what was something that was once a, a, a beautiful, wonderful thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's about finding confidence in like saying, whatever it is you have to say, or, you know, and I feel like, I want to start by saying that I really do feel that your voice, whatever that might be. And, and as we get into it, maybe we'll describe that more or define it more, but it needs a vehicle. So whether it's you making a movie or writing a script or having a part to play or doing a painting or having a song, or, or doing a build, podcast, build, yeah, doing a podcast, building a business, um, you know, really anything, but it needs a vehicle for it to come out of, and it's something that you find almost by having a vehicle and and using that vehicle to go somewhere, and and through that, your voice kind of comes out of it, and I think that earlier on in my creative endeavors, like the first movie I made, which got me into filmmaking it really did have my voice, but it was so just kind of off the cuff and I wasn't trying to do anything and I think that's why it worked. But I couldn't have told you what it was other than I just thought this was really funny and it was really genuinely funny to me and I didn't make any apologies for it and so the film kind of worked. Um, And it it won first place at this little festival, which is why I became a a filmmaker. I just was like, wow, I could actually make an impact. But after that, you know, I learned more about screenwriting and movie making and all that stuff. But I feel like a lot of my work after that started to get further and further away from that voice that I initially kind of discovered. And I even remember like writing a scene one time. And it was kind of a cool scene and everything, but it was like Quentin Tarantino might as well have written it it wasn't my voice but i i was trying to kind of write in that style you know i was trying to find ways to express stuff and i remember i showed some people and they said yes i mean they basically said what i thought they would say and i was actually very disappointed the moment i kind of realized that because they were like this seems like quentin tarantino and i was like i was glad that i kind of had done that but I was also felt really like I robbed myself because I just copied him. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a part of a lot of the time, the creative process, you kind of model and you copy and you try what other people are doing, but. You know, and if you mimic it well, in a weird way, it helps you see that that's not your voice, that's someone else's. And now you're just speaking in their tone and no one needs another Quentin Tarantino, as cool as he might be and as awesome as a filmmaker, we don't need another. We got one and and that's all we need. What we need now is an original something else because he's cornered the market on that. So trying to yeah. copy him, is just going to make a copy of everything else. And I had the awareness to recognize that I was just copying. And after that, I it started a bit more of a, I'd say a pursuit of, what is my voice but not knowing how to find it (laughs) and just being like and and that's the weirdest part i think of this whole thing is and i'm sure some people are probably in this if you're listening is like i don't even know where to start i don't don't even know where to look i don't know what it is i mean i don't know how i sound different than anyone else or if i have anything to say that's different than anyone else does and i think that is the beginning stage
0: yeah and and to just piggyback off of what you were saying you know there there is something to be said for doing an experimentation of trying to copy and mimic you know there's a lot that you can learn from someone else and 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 also to be fair like if you know learning to write like you know you write something like Quentin Tarantino well the reason why you probably did that is because you're like there was something genuinely about the way that you know Quentin Tarantino writes dialogue, or you know, puts things together, that you you genuinely uh, genuinely connects with you. There's something that you appreciate about it, and it could it can even give you a clue into kind of what your voice is. But the thing is, is that you can't just get stuck there. You know, like there's like the old um, like there's like a Zen. Uh, parable. It's like if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him dead. You know, and and it's it's really the the idea is that don't get hung up on the Buddha. You know, don't get hung because eventually even that will be something you're attached to. It will be something that you you're holding on to and you you won't go as far as you need to go. You know, you'll get hung up. And that's kind of the, the same thing here is that, you know, you can get hung up on just trying to be like Tarantino. And she's like, well, you can't. Like you said, Tarantino's got the market on Tarantino. You can't out Tarantino, Tarantino. It's just, <laughs> it's it's never going to happen. But there can be a quality to something that he does that, that it has something to do with what your voice is. You know, maybe there's something about, you know, just... The, the the quality of how that dialogue just kind of seems to stretch on out for and it's like you know what yeah there's something about that and that's the thing you can kind of extract from you can say it's like yeah I, I love how things kind of develop in this way but then that's what you take for it and you move on you know and you can you can find in whatever your sort of outlet is you know different people who inspire you for very very good reasons but you have to move past that. But in, in a way it's like, yeah, it it could be a bit of a guidepost for a direction to go. It can give you some indications as to, you know, what your, I guess what your sensibilities are, you know, in, in how you, you create things. And there's, there's real value to that for sure.
1: I think, yeah, I think that's, it's gotta be a part of the stage of finding your voice because I I actually remember another story. This actually was a feature film that I had written and um, uh, the burning blues. I talked about it before, but we kind of went through this um, stage where, you know, we had some really decent financing and there was like, you know, is this thing going to get green light? Am I going to, is this going to be my big kind of break as a, you know, as a writer. And um, the producers got me to get, They're like, well, let's do a table read and let's record it and let's see how it sounds. Let's put it on its feet, essentially. So I called all these actors and people I knew and really like some big people, like people have been on major shows and all sorts of stuff. They all came out to this table read for this film and uh, small parts to big, man. We had the whole fucking thing and we read it out. It was pretty good, but I remember one of the actors and this was a guy who, um, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he had a lot of experience. He'd been on a big show and all this, and he kind of, he's a really good dude, but he pulled me aside at one point. He said, you know, this one scene in your, uh, in your story, it's kind of reminds me of the departed, you know, Martin Scorsese's, you know, that movie. And I was like, you know, <laughs> that's because like when I wrote that scene, it was like, I was just copying that movie and it and and it was so false like it, it like the moment he said it i was like i'm busted like that that scene not the whole movie their movie had the it had some some good stuff but it did have that scene and um and it was a copy and and there's this weird feeling when you when you find yourself kind of using someone else's voice it's like it it's like You almost think like, Oh, Hey, I achieved doing this. And at the time, I think when I was writing it, I thought, I don't know, I guess I probably didn't really know how to do the scene and I hadn't done enough work to really figure it out. So I took a reference point from a movie I loved and I, and I used that. But side note, and, and this is kind of interesting. There was another scene in that movie which was this little mini monologue There's a little scene, but there's a bit of a monologue the character has. And, um, the first, uh, one of the literaries that read it, this wasn't from the table read, this was like before the table read, they read. and, And one of their feedbacks was this scene, this scene's your movie like this, it was inspired. And that's because when I wrote that particular part, I was talking about these people who had betrayed me and these people who like in my mind, I was just talking about people and how fucked up people can be and how shallow and selfish. And this guy's basically telling this, um, detective, like when he's dealing with, um, their, uh, informants, that the informants are like this. And it's just about it. really, it's me talking about what people can be like, and I'm not a detective, but that for some reason rang true because that was true for me. And I started to see the difference between what my voice was and what my copying, what I thought was cool as a writer was. And it was in the same script. So I started to see like, Oh, this is where I need to be putting my energy. And this kind of copy stuff is me being actually lazy and not trusting myself. So I don't know if that helps, but like, it's not definable. It's just that I know that I was telling the truth in one scene and I was copying in another
0: Yeah. I think that, um, you, you brought up uh, a lot of things in there, like definitely like there's a quality to something and, and it's, it's somewhat indefinable, which is in many ways, a lot of, of what we're talking about. Like your voice is not necessarily this definable thing. And, you know, a lot of people, particularly in our culture, they really want you to define what that fucking thing is you know it's just like well like what is this and there's not that there isn't some utility to that but you know like that statement of like well this is what my voice is and this is the kind of things that I I create and I do and this is you know that that can help but it can also be something that can completely limit you in what you're doing and can actually take you away from what your voice is because you might rule something out simply because you're like, well, that's not what I am. I mean, um, uh, Steven Pressfield talks about that in, uh, in his classic, if, yeah, again, if you're a creative artist out there, uh, we've recommended this, I don't know how many times, but it's worth recommending every single time, uh, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And, you know, he's an award winning, uh, writer and, at the time that he wrote this book, uh, he had all kinds of resistance to writing it because he's like, well, I'm not a nonfiction writer. I only write fiction. You know, that's one of these things of of you have this identity. You know, you said it's like, well, no, no, no. My voice is I write fiction. I write historical fiction and this is da 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 And it's like, well, if he had bought into that, then he wouldn't have written one of the... What I would say, and what many people would say, is one of the best books on the creative process that's ever been written. You know, we would be deprived of that if you get boxed into that kind of label. So in many ways, what we're talking about with your voice is like, it's we're, there's a kind of indefinable quality that, that you kind of happen upon to a certain degree. And it is it's almost something like you you happen upon. It's like you almost don't even know it until you're looking back at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's an important indication of of what's happening here is that it's something that you look back at implying that when it was happening, you weren't aware of it happening, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
1: at least at first. Yeah, at least maybe like as you get more comfortable with what your voice is, you kind of know how to do it more. But in the beginning, I think you're right. Like, like, you don't know you're doing it so much when you're not like, it's hard to tell the difference. And I think that's kind of like the beginning of a creative process in a lot of ways. And I think sometimes, you know, like the first movie ever made, I feel was like really, really genuine and really, really honest. Um, But mostly because I didn't have any pressure for it to be anything. I didn't even plan on putting it in a festival. I didn't plan on doing anything with it. So it was just for fun. And because it was from such a genuine place, it was very like truthful and honest and funny. Um, But I feel like that must be a part of the problem is like when we think our art needs to do something and like, I think any artist that understands like if, they, if, they, if you just take a moment and you look at art and you look at like what art really like wins awards and, and has a major impact on culture and society, it's usually because someone found their voice and then really fucking went for it. Like, you know, Quentin Tarantino, like him or hate him. I mean, you know, that's, that's his, you can tell his movies. Like, you know, he's done it. Even when he writes a script and someone else makes it, you can kind of tell that he's had yeah. a touch on it, right? And great artists are like that and there's a reason why they get paid so much and there's a reason why they get so like acclaimed by us and well usually you're usually, <laughs> hated not yeah yeah i mean hey finding your voice might not always be pretty
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but i mean i think that there's something there is something really cool about it but i think when we put pressure on ourselves because we recognize hey if i can find my voice i could be successful so then we put pressure on to find it and i think That's kind of the point of this conversation is that when you try to find it, when you, when you say, Oh, I'm going to define it, I'm going to like, it's this, and I have a, like, I've gamed the system. I think in a way you've kind of, you've, you've done the exact opposite. It's more of a gamble on like, I'm going to try to tell my truth. And then through telling my truth, let's see what happens. And you might not like what you see, but that's kind of what your voice kind of is, it's, it's not, it doesn't care whether you like it or not, but when it comes out, there's something about it that you're like, I mean, I just know this because I know this because I've done it a few times where I've had people literally be impacted by shit I've written or, or movie I've made and, or an acting performance even, but it's like, I've had that happen. So I know that it, I know what it's like can i do it by will can i do it like and can i fully uh, maybe not yet but i'm getting there and all i know is that i got to keep t- trying to tell the truth and through that i'll weed out all this copy and mimic shit that i've learned how to do to like basically look like i'm doing the truth you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah it's it's like you you've got to continue to come back to You know i think that important questions for you know and these are questions that i've learned to ask myself um you know as through through acting you know and it's funny because a lot of teachers i don't think i even learned this from from teachers you know um but a huge part of my process uh, now especially at the beginning stages when i'm playing any part is, you know, after I've like gone, I've read through the script and like read, usually read through it several times to really just let it start to soak in. Uh, and with that in mind of the character that I'm playing, you know, I, I ask questions like, okay, what do I have to say about this? And not just like, what do I have to say about this? It's what do I have to say about this? You know, like, what do I have to communicate through this character? for me personally. And that's not something I fucking share with anybody. Director doesn't hear about that. Actors, other actors don't hear about that. That is for me, that is mine, you know, and it's about tapping into kind of that, that fire. And that fire is, you know, what is the real source of meaning in this for you? Not for what you think it might be for, for somebody else, not what you think it might be for uh, the, the, uh, the, audience that's going to come and see this later. No, right now for you, what is the, the sort of, uh, what's the term existential urgency, you know, of this for me, Mm. you know, and it's, it's that kind of territory where, where that voice starts to be allowed to come out. Because again, if like we're, if we're caught up in, in, trying to think of you know what people are gonna like and you know like that's we there's no way that that's going to to happen there's no way that that voice is going to come out
1: yeah you're not going to be able to control it it's not controllable that's i think that's the thing that like at the end of the day that's really the message that i think like well I've needed to learn and I still need to learn in some ways, but I hope our audience walks away with this is like, stop trying to control the shit. Stop trying to feel like you can manipulate it. It, it, yeah. it has you, you do not have it. It is like a tidal wave that you're on when you're on it. And your job is to not get fucking sucked under the undertow. Your job is to stay on that and ride that fucking wave and embrace it. But yeah. if you are scared of the tidal wave, or you're scared of the wave, like. You know, if you duck it all the time and you keep hiding from it, you'll never get that experience. And it's, it's not just like you might even go into your intent. And I'm just thinking from my own experience, but it's like you go into your intent and you have what you think you have to say, but then there's you doing it. And then what that actually says, even though you think, you know, what you're saying, you might not. Like when I wrote this script, I've talked about this on a podcast before. Um, Cause I, I use this kind of as a teaching tool right now for a lot of writers, but it's like, when I wrote love lost, there's a big part of that script that's about forgiveness. I had no idea that hmm. that, that script would get into that. That wasn't even what it was about for me. I, it was actually not even in my mind. So I had, but a, like, I've had a lot of people, um, who have read the script and like, kind of looked at it be like, wow, like there's so many lessons in forgiveness here. <laughs> I'm like, I guess there is, but I didn't plan on doing that. It just, I needed to tell a story about this. And, and so I feel like that's that tidal wave. That's it doing me. And yeah.
0: It, it came along for the ride. Exactly. <laughs> that's so did with I yeah.
1: at the end of the day. <laughs>
0: But yeah, yeah no, like
1: that's the voice, right? In a weird way. I mean, that's not the voice, but that's part of it. It came in a weird way. It showed something that I didn't plan on.
0: Yeah. In many ways, the voice is is something that's bigger than you.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you it's, said like, it's weird. your voice we is bigger than you. Yeah, you, <laughs> which said, is kind of... you said it in an interesting way before we started recording, which was that it's not something has something to say through you. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's not just yours. I think that's the thing. It's like, it's gonna get interpreted through your perceptions and your values and and, and your just general feelings and whatever, but it's a bigger message than you. And it's like a hum- humanity message that's gonna get pushed through you. So, cause everyone else who experiences whatever you put down, whatever you create, they have their own interpret, but they don't look at it necessarily the way you do. They might see it that through through your eyes, yeah. But they experience the humanity in a weird way of what you did, right? And that's a whole other realm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the very rare think, that you put me at a loss for words, Brandon. Uh,
1: uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the point though. It is a loss of words. You know, it's one of those things where you go like, Well, let's dive in and see what happens. And and I think like I think that's that's the thing. I'm kind of actually realizing it as we're talking about it more. Um, like that forgiveness lesson, you know, that kind of came through that script. It's like, well, like forgiveness is is such a ancient ancient concept, you know, love, whatever. All this, right? Yeah. Like, it's, like I'm not. It's not new that mm-hmm. I'm doing it, but somehow through my story people are getting an experience and having a profound impact about forgiveness that is making them walk away somehow changed. Not my intent, not my plan, really, like not really what I was going to try to do, but through the story that I felt I needed to tell. Um, and, And it's not just that. It's that the way I told it also, like I've had people say like, like, there's so much of you, at, like people who really know me, they're like, there's so much of you in that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, how could there not be? Cause yeah. like, even when I'm writing the female, like a female character, it's like, yeah, there's so much of me in her because that's my truth. That's my voice. And it doesn't, the, the character, and that's the thing I realized is like, the character or situation doesn't even have to be something I experienced, but it's like an idea and, yeah i don't even know i like this is ridiculous yeah i don't know how to explain it's it's
0: like when i think it's part of that funny thing and and kind of a mysterious thing of the creative process which is when you start allowing that voice and trusting it and it starts coming through louder and and clearer and clearer uh it it comes with all of these incredible surprises you know it's like it should your voice should come almost as an adventure you know (laughs) like it's just like okay we're going like this is this is what's coming through right now and yeah like and i think that it's just one of those beautiful side product benefits because i i've had a very similar experience with just you know other works that i've done you know um whether it's written or performance uh, where it's like, okay, well, I thought I was doing this one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. this was the thing that I was trying to say through that. And, but through that kind of focus and try doing my very best to express that as honestly and truthfully as possible. And again, this is one of those things, like, it's not about being perfect, being perfect in all of this, because, you know, there'll be moments when you're like, oh, okay, you know what? Like that, that moment wasn't, so good that scene wasn't so good this passage was like i was doing something else i kind of got lost into you know some thought of what i thought it was supposed to be but when you're really kind of connected and flowing with that voice and committed to saying that thing i've had that same experience where suddenly it's just like whoa i didn't realize that there were all of these themes and undercurrents that were going on in this thing like because it, it wasn't my intention to put that in there, you know. I, I wasn't consciously aware of it, but there's just like it's it's this reminder that there's something bigger going on when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are kind of without making it sound too, uh, you know, esoteric or anything, but like there's 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 something there's something bigger at play that that's that's happening you know there are forces that are coming into play that are beyond your understanding and control you know that creative wave comes through and you're just channeling it in the way that you can best focus it and then through that suddenly it's just like oh and by the way like there's this element and there's this element and there's this thing and there's this thing and and sometimes you only really see that upon looking back at it, but it makes sense. Cause anytime I've had that experience, I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like these are all major like are, or have been, mm. or at the time that I was doing this were big things for me. You know, these were, these were things that were on my mind, but I wasn't intentionally putting in here, but th- there they are. Uh, they just kind of, they, they just kind of emerge. And, and I find that absolutely wonderful and fascinating and in many ways it's expressed in a way that's that's better than i i could have done it if i had tried to express it you know
1: mm. it's actually reminding me of an analogy and like i'm not a science guy so i have a basic <laughs> understanding about this but um it's like little kid asks their parents you know mommy daddy you know why is the sky blue and most parents be like I don't know how to answer that question, but why is sky blue? Cause light is naturally like, let's just say white, right? It's when light bends, it creates color. I mean, essentially, this is a very basic, you know, non-scientist yeah. description, but when light bends, it creates color. That's why we have rainbows and stuff like that. Cause you know, there's a different density, I guess, in the atmosphere, which Bends the light, which creates color. That's why we get a blue sky or an orange sky, or we get a series of colors in a rainbow. And the thing is, is like, I'm thinking a lot of it like this, your voice is how you bend the light. It's the light that needs to come Mm. through you. But you don't know how you bend it until the light hits you. And you have to kind of like, let the light hit you so that you can bend it. And then you're going to see how it comes out of you. And It could surprise you, you know, and and the other thing, too, is don't forget that light is only understood in, in this understanding that there is darkness. So the darkness, which is around you, which isn't even necessarily going through you, is, is, gives context to the light that you're refracting and mm-hmm. showing. So, you know, um, there's a saying in uh, philosophy and in cinematography, which I've always loved, it's just like the brighter the light, the darker the shadow which is also another interesting part of, you know, if we want to take in context of your voice, sometimes our intent to shine a light so brightly on something is what shows how dark it is. And we're mm. like, I'm trying to do this really good thing. And so like people can be like, I'm going to do a comedy. Like, um, there's this, um, this show I, I thought was hilarious called Barry. It's on HBO, but there's this part they there, you know, their actress talking about it. And this one part, she goes, we're going to do this comedy scene. Don't worry. It's just a comedy, but it's like, Mm -hmm. don't, you know, that comedies are often way more like real good comedies usually have a darker side than even a lot of dramas, because the, the more light there is often the more darkness is revealed and in a weird way, the darkness is what actually amplifies that light, you know, if we want to use this kind of analogy, right? Like for comedy, Mm -hmm. if comedy is the light and drama is the darkness in some ways, when, if, you know, with comedy, if you were to take away the laugh or take away the punchline, you would see how deeply emotional and depthy a lot of this stuff is sometimes. Um, But it's like, I feel like it's kind of like that, you know, I feel like your voice is a little bit like you're the, Thing that refracts or bends the light that's your perception and this idea or concept hits you and how you bend it and the way it comes out of you that's your voice but you're not going to know and also you're not the light you're the thing that bends the light you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh i want to i want to take this into kind of a realm of just like you know because we've established a, a few things about you know some of the the pitfalls of finding your voice and, you know, what this thing is actually about, about your voice, um, is how can we start to get into touch with it? You know, like, are there some things that we can do that can assist with that process? Because I think that there definitely are, um, not that they are necessarily, uh, always, like, it, there's a perfect system for this, but, you know, I think that sometimes there are ways, uh, there are questions that we can ask that that kind of help just shift the landscape a little bit, that can kind of give us a little peek and a window into what those things are, and one of the things that this conversation is making me think of is what uh, our guest, a uh, few few weeks back, Ted Whittall shared with us, which which was, you know, with any, you know, he was talking in reference to, you know, doing doing plays, you know, I think doing theater, and because theater is a place where, you know, we're constantly bringing back old old stuff. You know, like we're constantly like bringing up, you know, Shakespeare or Ibsen or Chekhov, you know, like, uh, um, you know, Tennessee Williams, like these sort of classics. And we're and we're continually they're being resurrected and being and being produced. And he asked a few questions, which which is something that's been kind of like kicking around for me ever since, which is why this and why now? You know because at the time it was written those authors there was a why this and there was a why now you know there was that urgency there was something meaningful that that had to be said and they said it as honestly and truthfully as possible you know to, to communicate that to an audience and you know and that it's important that if we're bringing these things back we ask that question once again why this and why now because there might be a different reason You know, kind of like what we're talking about, where it's like you look back, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize this was all there. There might be a whole different view and perspective on a work that wasn't necessarily the author's intention, but was built in there, (laughs) you know, in some way that they didn't intend. But I think that those are questions that we can ask ourselves when we set out on any kind of creative endeavor is, okay, well, why this and why now? you know yeah. and and i think that those questions can can help us to understand and and gain a little bit of perspective on what that voice is inside of us you know um what what sort of the core of the thing is what that light is like you're saying like that's where we can start to see what that light is and then it kind of ends up coming through us and we refract it, it comes through whatever our medium, our expression is, and we do that to the best of our ability. I do want to say that, you know, those questions aren't a guarantee of anything. You know, I think they, they present a, a possibility, but like anything, especially when you ask any kind of a question, you know, we're so designed to just like have an answer. You know, it's like, well, there's an answer to this. And once the answer's there, mm. that's it. And it's that's like, well, yeah, that's States. that's the trap, because we can easily we can we can be at least for maybe I'll just speak for myself. I can be very clever in thinking that I'm telling the truth and not really getting the truth, not really getting to the heart. Not that I'm lying. It's not that I'm lying, but it's that You're
1: not trying to be deceptive.
0: Yeah, I'm not trying to be deceptive, but it's more so sometimes that I'm trying to be clever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> that oh, that dude. trying to <laughs> I that trying know what you mean? <laughs> yeah, that trying to be clever and trying to be interesting can be fuck, man. That can just absolutely ruin shit, man. That can just absolutely ruin shit for you. Um, and so that's where something where we need to to understand as well. That's something we need to see that like that can be at play and beginning to learn to recognize just like, oh, I answered those questions and it sounds really nice, but that's not really what this is about. It doesn't mean that whatever that is, isn't important for you to say, but that there's still, you can dig deeper. You can dig deeper until you hit that place where it just, where it, it, it lights you up to just continue on this sort of analogy. It's something that just like, it lights you up. It's a fire. It's like, boom. And it's an emotion. It's a feeling. And you just go like, okay, that's when you're onto something, you know, like we do have those tools. We've said it so many times in the show before, you know, like just how important our emotions can be in communicating very important information to us. Mm -hmm.
1: Inspiration, you know, inspiration is such a great, beginning and I think that you know anyone who's an artist they talk about inspiration you know it's 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 a big part of the whole thing and because inspiration is often that first it's that first thing that gets you started you get inspired about something and then you kind of begin and and inspiration in my experience a lot of the time it doesn't have a lot of the answers after getting you started like sometimes they just start to fill in and fall into place but usually it's the thing that kind of, you need to get going. And if you follow it, it has some truth to it. Um, man, <laughs> you said some really interesting stuff. I was going to say that.
0: I know it, I said, I went on a rant there. So <laughs>
1: that was great. It was a great rant. And, um, uh, I just wanted to go back to one thing. Um, I really do think that you need a vehicle to, to, for your voice to come out. I think you need a vehicle and, yeah. and, I was going to say like the, the, one of the first ways to find your voice, like to just to get yourself in the running, get yourself in the game is get a vehicle, get something you could do or put yourself towards or energy, right? Like an inspiration even can, can just help, you know, a vehicle. Right. But you said, um, you know, you reminded me of Ted's question, you know, why this, why now? And like, that's kind of the next thing after like, well, you got a vehicle, well, why this, why now? You know, and that can kind of help you fill in that gap a little bit more and help you kind of go, well, you know, I don't know, like it it's interesting because I don't think you have to necessarily have a clear cut answer why, this, why now, but mm-hmm. that question in and of itself kind of opens up the door to get you to ask and through asking, you you ponder it, and through pondering it, maybe something comes up. And I mean, it's funny, like um, it's just weird how things happen. Like like I talked about a couple of scripts, right? Like burning the Burning Blues, which is an interesting uh, journey with that script because when I first started writing that script, um, like why this, why now was I just, I wanted to write a det- detective story. And I was also like, uh, one of my colleagues was really encouraging me to, um get you know write stuff to sell and so I was like, well, if I was gonna write something to sell, I don't know, I kind of want to like write a detective movie. And so then that's where that started. And then um I don't know where this came from, but I thought about like the marriage, like and having a kid and being a detective and being undercover and what that would be like. And that made me look into that more. And I don't know if um, I don't know if I was necessarily clear on like what I was doing, but after we had done that table read, which was like a year or two later, something like that. And and the script had changed a lot. I was telling my friend um, the same one who kind of pointed out that one of the scenes was like, uh, the departed. I was telling him about the original concept. I was telling him about how, this guy was growing apart from his wife and it does sound a little bit like Donnie Brasco or something like that, but, um, but it really wasn't about that. It was more, a, a, more of a drama story about a guy and a, and a, a guy and a woman and a kid. And the fact that he was a detective was actually kind of just part of the story, but it wasn't really the point later. The story became the point became about the detective. And I think that was a lot to do to appease the producers and appease the, the idea of who can we put in this and what kind of action sequence can we have? And, you know, it became a lot about kind of the industry and making it work. But initially yes. that idea had this really good nugget of truth. And I think like, I think the thing about finding your voice is that you can get pulled away from it by trying to, do what you think you need to do. And I feel like that script is like a classic example of me kind of getting pulled away from why I did it in the first place. Like, yeah, there was kind of this impetus to like write a script that would sell and do that. And yeah, obviously it did generate that possible opportunity, but the actual story that I cared about, the truthful story got lost in all of that. And I feel like maybe there's, um maybe there's a way to like, sometimes, obviously appease what you need to do to get something made and get the money behind it. But at the same time, like not lose your voice. Cause I feel like what happened with that particular project was the more money that got involved and the more people that got involved, the more it got away from what I was actually trying to say. And, um, I think that's interesting. Cause I wasn't asking why this, why now, like anymore. It was more about like, well, how do I give them what they want? And yeah. that's not really my voice. Right? Like, that's just trying to please other people.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's, you bring up a good, a a good point, but I think that no matter what, you know, everything you do benefits from having, having some sort of a connection to that. Why this, why now to, to injecting that focus of, of what's important for you to say, in this thing and letting that be the thing that guides you. Cause that, cause then beyond that, like, yeah, you know, like if you're connected to that, you can, you can insert probably just about anything, yeah, I you know, like, like as long as, as long as that thing still runs through it, like, you know, some people aren't as crazy about it, but you know, one of my favorite movies of the last decade was Mad Max Fury Road. You know, like it was Uh, a visual treat for the eyes for one, you know, but it would be a mistake to call that just an action movie. It would be a mistake. It would be a mistake to think that that was just a movie about a car chase, you know, because there were, it was about so much more than that. Like there are so many things that are going on, within that story that just happens to, to fit in with this kind of, this crazy, you know, chase through the fricking desert, you know, through this wasteland, you know, themes that are, are just really deep in our humanity that, you know, themes of, of hope, themes of corruption, you know, themes of, you know, looking out for people in, in times of need, you know, like there's, so much happening in that story you know so it's like this is what i mean like you can still have you know all of the action and the fights and the and the and the craziness like just and that's an example of over the top craziness that goes on in in that movie but there's something that deeper that's connecting the whole thing that that makes that whole sequence of action mean something you know, cause otherwise it's just another car chase,
1: mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. It's like there, there's something, something at the core that you need to stay connected to. And you know, I I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe what that is, but I, I, I think that, you know, you need to stay, whatever happens. Cause I think with particular with the movie industry, Cause there's so many people that get involved in the making of a movie and yeah. in a movie that doesn't even get made. Like like people who aren't in the film industry have never been on the the side of the creative side of trying to get a movie made. I have no idea. There's so many people and then the money and the pressure and this, like the strings that are being pulled and the packaging that's trying to be done and all this shit and the constant like experience of like hope. And especially when you haven't really got a name for yourself yet and like will this even happen? And what do I have to do to keep people happy? And like, you know, like, it's like a fish on a rod, like a massive fish, and you don't know if you're going to lose it or not. And, 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 you you know, the, the the thing is, is like the desperateness that's kind of in it. Like, it's, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but these things are what take you away from your voice. And uh, like the thing that I think I've learned over the last like, well, decade, I guess of all this is like, you know, that you have to, you have to have a certain amount of confidence that what you're bringing to the table matters and, and, and is something because I mean, take my experience so far as a warning (laughs) because it's like, I feel like, and, and it's, I I hate this. I, I hate to even admit this, but it's like, I feel like a lot of my, um, trying to trying to accommodate was what made certain things fall apart you know and i think that i can walk away from that and go well okay like you're 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 in a gamble you're in a fucking whirlwind when you're in this situation right and i mean if you have some you know maybe if you have something already done it's a little bit easier to kind of say it but you have to trust that whatever you're bringing to the table creatively that if people are going to get behind it and start like putting their money down, like to like, and get serious about putting people in it. Like something has to be working and, and, and you got to know that you, as a creative were a part of that and you got to hang on to that. And that's your, that's your voice. That's your thing. And I think the thing is, is like, I never had any idea of like valuing my own voice. It was so much about okay now that we've gotten here now let's just try and jump through the hoops and do the things that people need and i i think you know i know so many uh people who have written scripts and and you know and like sold scripts and made lots of money and they've never had their movie made and it's like it's because like people think oh you sold your script now your movie's gonna get made <laughs> no yeah you might sell five scripts and still not get any of them made you know what i mean? Yeah. And, so the desperateness of trying to get it from some starting line to finish line with your name still attached and you know, all that it's like, you know, and I can imagine that really, if you probably parallel any art, you know, I'm sure actors can relate to that with all their additions and callbacks and all that bullshit. And then, you know, people who are doing sculpting and their, their, their rock breaks or whatever they're doing, you know, and they're in the middle of it, you know, all this kind of stuff that can happen that just, Will I complete this this masterpiece that I'm trying to, well, masterpiece in your own mind, trying to get to the the finish line? And I think in the middle of all of this, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking in this conversation, the thing I'm realizing is you gotta hang on to that nugget that's you. Because that is a very important part of why this even exists. I just feel like as an artist, it's very easy to lose sight of that
0: it certainly can be especially when you know you are within some kind of an industry that's making demands of you and the thing is is that that's that never really stops i think that there are very few people within their industries that pretty much just get to do what they want to do you know and nobody will will give them shit about it you know it's like i think of like in in film you know who pretty much basically you've got James Cameron, maybe Christopher Nolan. I don't even think like the likes of Tarantino and and uh, you know Scorsese like they they still have troubles getting the stuff that they want to do done, you know in music what who you got Beyonce. Beyonce can probably do whatever she wants, (laughs) you know, like
1: it's, it's a lot of these people, they they end up financing their own stuff because yeah, even at that level and people don't realize that because they, they know things fall apart. You know, that's why they create their own production companies and, you know, because they know, like they know that if they leave it in the hands of someone else, I mean, there's so many pieces that can, can kind of crumble and, and the whole deal can fall apart.
0: Totally. I I was just reading in the Hollywood Reporter, um, because I guess Warner Brothers is taking some serious flack right now um, for some decisions that they've they've been making. But I didn't realize that. uh, That, you know, someone within Warner Brothers basically tried to sabotage the Joker, didn't didn't want it made didn't want to get made Lowballed Todd Phillips on it, like under, like made him a low offer. He took it. And then he got, he got extra financing from another, from another company. But it's just like, you know, like that was, that was an incredible film, you know, like, and it made a ton of money <laughs> at the same time. But I mean, you know, you just go with something like that. Like, you know, you're working with, with, a well-established franchise with somebody who's very experienced in the industry, both, both as a director and as a lead actor, you know, like it's, and, and there's still, there's still troubles to be had, Mm -hmm. you know, even with that, with the quality of people involved with it. Um, So.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the whole thing about having it made it like made it, have you made it and all that. And it's like, you never really like there's actors like Pacino, even, you know, it's like, there's people who you think like, well, this guy's done so many good movies. He should just be able to do anything he wants. And, you know, he should be able to get paid what he wants. And it's like, no, you know, um, people get older, things change, you know, uh, um, it, you know, I think the thing is, is like kind of, kind of coming back to it all. Your voice is going to be the reason as a creative why someone is gonna value what you do I, I think that we can all accept that like your vision you want to call it your vision your voice your touch your your whatever your thing is like your your ability right that but it's not just your talent I'm not talking about that it's your inner like source energy that comes into whatever you do through your filters and perceptions and whatever that makes it kind of signature
0: mm-hmm.
1: proprietary you know that thing. That's what people want. That's the special thing, how to get that special thing to come out of you by will, I think is like, I think it comes down to a tremendous amount of trust and honesty and faith in yourself and valuing of yourself. And and I think you have to like find those things and let go and let them do. I don't think you can make them do. But I think you have to find like, like a real true value in yourself and really believe that you have a voice or a touch or a vision, and then you have to give yourself a vehicle and then you have to honestly pursue that. And I think the honesty is the hardest step because that's Mm -hmm. where I'm talking. Not just honesty. I'm talking about vulnerability. That's where you're going to have to put things in that. You can't fake it because the moment you fake it, it's not going to be your voice. It's not going to be your thing anymore. It's going to be bullshit. And I think that's the really, really hard part for all of us because it's such a counterintuitive thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it goes against so much of our of our survival. In, yeah, our survival instincts for sure. Yeah, it's that's... so much
1: easier to just play it safe, right? Like, I mean, yeah, and fit in and and to try and be liked and accommodate others an artist in a lot of ways has to kind of rock the boat and be willing to say like, I don't care if you don't like this. It's what I want to do. It's what I want to say. And you know, that's a part of it in a weird way.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you, uh, what are you sipping on there? Sir?
1: Right. I'm having a classic. And uh, I think for the next couple, I'm going to have a couple of different classic beers I went away from the, let's call it traditional craft brewery. Although you could say it's all craft in its own way. <laughs> um, this is a Kilkenny Irish cream ale. Oh Kilkenny. Kilkenny. Yeah. And it, I man, I, I love this beer. It's such a good beer. I mean, it's obviously why it's so popular and it's just but I love I love a good cream ale. And this is I mean, this is one of the best. And it holds up. So that's what I'm drinking today.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, I haven't had I haven't had one of those in a long time, but it's, it's nice. It's very creamy.
1: Oh yeah. It's smooth. It's, you know, it's just a nice, nice beer.
0: Very nice. Uh, I am drinking Crooked Coast from Driftwood Brewery. It's kind of got a nice, uh, mythological kind of labeling on it with like a little sort of, uh, puck type of character and witches and demons and <laughs> 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 all kinds of stuff. This is an, uh, an alt beer, an alt beer, which I'm afraid, uh, I can't quite place what, where alt beer fits into the, uh, into the spectrum of beers, but it's, it's kind of like an amber, amber beer. Um, and I got to actually—I I haven't even checked the the alcohol percentage on this one because I got to be honest, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. But you know what? It's only five point one. So who knows?
1: Well, mine's only four point three. So <laughs> I got it easy.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, let's. Uh, we're 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 at the witching hour. Yeah. Once Did again. Did we
1: accomplish anything? <laughs> Did we get any more clarity on this? I think we got some clarity. I think we opened up some doors to at least kind of think about.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, I'm, I, I really enjoyed this conversation and, and, you know, I guess just to wrap things up is, is I'll just kind of reiterate that and like, you know, I think that this whole thing of our voice again is something that, that we allow to come out and that we don't necessarily know what that thing is definitively but when we're connected to that that source of what you're really here to say and you're committed to saying that thing that means something to you as honestly and truthfully as you as you can muster through whatever your whatever your medium is whatever your craft is whatever your you know whatever that thing is the voice comes through, it just comes through. And, and you only kind of can begin to recognize it by sort of looking back through it and recognizing, oh, yeah, there's this quality to that. And the more that we can trust that, that thing that that happens, the 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 easier it becomes to to be in that space and, and to allow, uh, and to allow it to come through. And the more we can recognize when we're trying to be just a bit too clever for our own damn good, you know, and, and we get stronger and stronger with, with doing it, the more we learn to practice that. So yeah, again, like what's, um, you know, what's the fire? What is it that you have to say, you know, in this not just from an intellectual standpoint, from from a gut and heart standpoint. You know, what is that telling you is important to you? And and I think that that's, that's where you begin to discover what that voice of yours kind of is.
1: Hmm. It's, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't really know how to sum it up because I feel like it's one of those things... We, we, I don't know, like, I feel like we, we talked about some really cool things. And, you know, when I, if I was to go back to my very first film and kind of like, we had like, I don't know, like 300 people or something that was watching this film. And I just remember I had to present it. Everyone had to walk up and present their film. And I remember I I walked up and like, I was just like a kid, I was like 16 years old. And I remember being like, I made a little film. I <laughs> hope you like it. Cause I just like, I didn't have anything to say about it. It was just like, my friends kind of encouraged me to put it into this thing. And it was like, all right. And I thought it was funny and they thought it was funny. And people who had seen it, thought it was funny. But I was like, like, this is a, a lot of people. And it's also adults too. Like we were kids. And I went to the back and kind of, sitting back there with everybody who's like kind of the creators or whatever. and i just remember watching and everyone was laughing and they were laughing through the whole thing and one of the things that was in this movie was um like there was this um camp that i was at and they didn't it was summer and they didn't want us wearing shirts and they didn't want us wearing they, they wanted us wearing shirts they didn't want us walking around shirtless around the camp and i thought this it really pissed me off <laughs> like it pissed me off a lot <laughs> so in this movie anytime someone took off their shirt someone would jump across the screen and tackle them and be like security <laughs> and like just tackle this person and they they just happened to be those very poignant time moments <laughs> that, that just kind of worked like and they came by surprise and like um so something about that movie, it kind of sparked an idea. Like I was pissed off about something, and I wanted to show how stupid it was. I wanted to show how stupid their no-shirt role was. And so I put it into the movie, and I incorporated it into the story. And my emotion about it created something truthful and honest that created a style into this movie which worked and, and obviously made people laugh and got us to win. Right. But it's like, I think that when you're going to find your voice, let your emotion do a lot of the work for you. You know, let that, if you're if something makes you angry, if something burns inside, it's, you know, it's like something agitates you, something makes you really excited. Like follow that feeling. Cause I think that, at least has some clues to whatever you have to say it is.
0: Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review,
1: or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive.